because it is so predictable. It's predictable. Hi, this is Jake Turner for Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. You can find me on Twitter at, at @jaketurnersport, or you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Now let's get back to the turning point of the sports world. Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. I'm Jake Turner. You can find me at Twitter at, at Jake Turner Sport. If you missed any of this podcast, any of it, you can find it on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. 60 minutes of outstanding sports conversation coming at you. Brock Baker, Cash Money Hooligan, will be joining us on the show. So we got a jam-packed show for you coming up as well. So you don't want to miss that interview. Plus the final word, I have to hammer this away because of what happened with a certain Bills running back, and that's coming up. I want to start off with this, though, of course. You know, a lot of people in this business forget about how great baseball can truly be. I mean, did anybody see what Mookie Betts did last night for the Boston Red Sox? They were down in the game, and then Mookie Betts hits this, I mean, screaming shot out to the monster. It's a grand slam. He went, and it pretty much puts the lead up for the Red Sox. They're up by a couple of runs. They win the game. They've won 10 straight. So right there, Red Sox win 10 straight. Indians struggle against the Yankees. The Yankees look good. And then, of course, the Phillies came up a big win. The Brewers lost last night. But then this came up. The Oakland Athletics. One of my favorite movies in sports is Moneyball. Because Aaron Sorkin's right. I was so impressed, though, when they brought in David Forrest. David Forrest is the new general manager. He works with executive Billy Bean on the team. They are 53 and 41 now. They have won 19 of their last 24 games. They just took three of four away from the World Series champion Houston Astros. And it was crazy. I mean, top of the eighth, top of the eighth. They are down. They're down to the Astros. And then Matt Chapman hits a game time RBI double to make it four to four. And then Mark Hanna hits a two RBI single out to deep left. And I mean, it pretty much kissed the side of the foul pole. And it was called a two RBI single to deep left and the Athletics win it six to four. I mean, that is a gigantic, gigantic victory. Three of four, wow! I mean, you gotta be kidding me there. So this is Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. I'm Jake Turner. You can tweet me at, at JakeTurnerSport. Or you can find me on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. This podcast is playing nonstop all the time. So now they got this thing called the Bay Bridge Battle. And it's against the San Francisco Giants. And they're 49-46. and 46, And they're 13 games better than what they were at this point in 2017. The A's are 11 games better than they were in 2017. So now... This has just become a very, as you can say, sexy matchup. Now, this is a great way to open up the All-Star break because the Home Run Derby is coming up. And then the All-Star game, the Midwest, the Mid-Season Classic. I believe that's how they said it. So the Mid-Season Classic is about to happen here, but we get this last great piece of riches. And it's Athletics versus Giants. And I mean, that is, that's amazing all in itself because both teams are playing very well. And the Giants are pretty much playing in a Pillsbury Doughboy softness of a division right now. Because they got the Dodgers, oh, oh, whoopee. You know, the Dodgers are only 51 and 42. The Diamondbacks are 51 and 43. And don't look now, but the Rockies are 48 and 
45. So the Giants have plenty of time to get this thing going. They're playing a lot better baseball. They don't have Evan Longoria. So they are dealing with a couple of problems. And that's understandable. I mean, it should be understandable. I mean, the A's coming off that big win. I mean, look at the stars that the A's have. This is the crazy thing to me. I mean, their best player is Jed Lowry, who is in his middle 30s. He has 25 doubles on the year, 290 batting average, 16 home runs. Chris Davis, who just came off injury, a 250 batting average, and you're looking at that going, that's nothing. Well, 21 home runs and 63 RBIs, and he's already been injured, and they're still playing great ball. Not to mention, uh, Blake Trinan is a terrific closer in the making, and Bob Melvin has become a spectacular manager. He always has been that way, though. He's just gotten better and better because David Forrest and Billy Bean are actually doing something right, and they're building up this team. They're not going to become sellers at the trade deadline. They're a fun team to watch. I mean, I make it a goal to actually watch athletic highlights before any team in Major League Baseball, even my Minnesota Twins. And the Minnesota Twins are, well, they're 42 and 49. So, I mean, it's a problem right there for them. But the Athletics and the Giants series, I, I'm already, I already got it written down. I'm going to find every way possible tonight to watch the Athletics and the Giants. Why? Because I want to see this. Because these two teams could be the two gutbusters that end seasons like the Dodgers or could end seasons like the Indians. They had that opportunity. And we haven't seen this since 2001, which Moneyball was about. So this is something brand new. I just love it. Everybody's like, I don't want to talk about regular season baseball. Why not? Why not? Seriously, what, what is your reasoning? Oh, it's because it's only uh, home runs and strikeouts, Jake. Oh, boo-hoo. Seriously. And I love it how everybody says, oh, the attendance is down. Really? I saw sold out in Cleveland. I saw sold out in New York. I don't think the attendance is down. I think just the products of those certain cities is the problem. I mean, the Marlins have the worst attendance in Major League Baseball. The Rays are three games above 500, but they still can't sell out. Because they know that the Rays are going to be sellers. And it doesn't matter. You can say, oh, Blake Snell's our all-star guy now. It doesn't matter. It's too late. It's just amazing to me. Because I'm already looking forward to Athletics Giants. I mean, I, I can't get enough of Shamanea. I mean, he's pitching out of his mind. He just gets better and better. The Giants have Madison Bumgarner back. They got Johnny Cueto and Jeff Samarja right there. That's a pretty solid pitching lineup right there to start. And not to mention that, they got rid of Austin Jackson. Hallelujah! Boy, that was in the making a little bit. Now, wasn't it? Because that seriously had to happen. Austin Jackson was pretty much like a no-show. It's amazing how Andrew McCutcheon shows up, but Austin Jackson doesn't. So what do the Giants do? They do something un-Giants-like, and they trade him away. Along with uh, relief pitcher Cody Guerin, who wasn't doing any better. And what do they get in return? They get a bunch of minor leaguers from the Rangers. Thanks, Rangers! And then they call up Steven Duggar and Ray Black. Two minor leaguers that Giant fans have been waiting to see. So the Giants have already said at the All-Star break, we're not the sellers. We're just getting started. And the Athletics have already said to Seattle, we're still here, buddy. Because even though Seattle is 50 
Is 58 and 36? They're not out of this yet. Because the Yankees and the Mariners, it could be Yankees athletics. And we could see that happen, which would be amazing to me. Because I, what I love more in baseball ever is the surprises. And that's what we're getting. I mean, come on, seriously. Did you really sit there in game one of the opening day, of opening day and sit there and go, Athletics, Giants, I can't wait. Mark your calendar, July 13th through July 15th. Boom, baby. We're going to make this happen. Come on. That's what makes this so great. So I can't wait to see that. Speaking about that, I can't wait to have Brock Baker, a.k.a. Cash Money Hooligan, pro wrestler and host of his own podcast called The Hooligan Hour, who's going to deliver a piece of good news as well uh, that concerns this show. So that's coming up as well. I had a great time. Uh, we did the interview on Monday, and it was good to see him because we served together in the Air Force. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this because it just makes the product even bigger. Speaking about that, this is the turning point of the sports world. We abolish hot takes here. There are no hot takes allowed here. Just passionate takes on stories that you really normally don't hear. Because the funny thing is, is that constructive criticism is a very big thing. And I got that yesterday from some people that have been doing this for years. And one of them actually works out with me in Nine Round Fitness. And he gave me some advice. And I took it. And I said, okay, you know, everybody wants to be passionate right out the gate here. But you got to find that way to just bring it down a little bit. Okay. So I did. And that's exactly what we did here. So we started off with something new. No LeBron James. Can you believe that? That's the first time in 10 minutes that I have not mentioned the name LeBron James. Because I want you to watch this. This, this, is the, this is the series for the weekend that you are missing out on. Athletics, Giants. I know, it's a little late, but come on, it's the weekend. You know you're going to be out till 2 a.m. You're going to be grabbing an Uber. You're going to be hitting on somebody. You're going to be buying a drink. You're going to be dancing the night away. You're going to be taking all your selfies, putting yourself on Snapchat. You're trying to tell me you can't get to a sports bar, order up a beer, sit up and watch the Athletics, Giants battle it out? I certainly am. Now it's your turn. All right. Another thing that has been happening here, interesting, to jump off that for a moment, has been what has now become baseball now before the All-Star break. I mean, the Red Sox are 66-29. and 29. They have won 10 games in a row. They're hot. And they are trying to get Manny Machado. But I kind of feel like they're just doing that just to egg on the Yankees. So the Yankees will make a big splash even though I hope that the Yankees do this. Yeah, you're 61 and 31, but you're still four games back. And that's a problem. Because your bullpen has found ways to blow games for you. And it's not going to get any easier. Look, I like the Yankees. I think they're a likable team. I think they got great starting pitching, but their bullpen is a problem. And how many times am I going to see David Robertson grimace every time he gives up a home run? I've lost track how many times he's done that this year. It's kind of funny to me. It's kind of like a, an early Christmas present. You know, that, that moment where Robertson releases and the ball goes sailing into the deck and pretty much he just sits there and grimaces his face. I kind of feel like I want to take that, McDon that Grimace McDonald's costume and put it over him so I can see a nice little big fake smile on his face. Just like to see that one time here because he grimaces enough already. So let's just make him the mascot. 
because he gives up home runs like crazy. So I, I want to see if the Yankees actually do make that move. But how much are you going to be willing to give up for Manny Machado? That's the question. So I want to see exactly what happens there. And are you done there? Are you just going to say, okay, Manny Machado, go, okay, guys, we're ready to take on the Red Sox. Here we go. Oh, boy, look at that pitching lineup. Oh, man. That pitching lineup is nasty for the Red Sox. The Indians right now are 50 and 42. The Astros are 62 and 34. Here's the interesting thing about the Indians. And I was reading this from Michael Rand of the Star Tribune. Uh, he was talking about the Minnesota Twins. And if they win a couple of games this weekend, they will be only six and a half games back of the Indians. The Indians, yeah, they're, they're a World Series contender. I could definitely say that. But do I feel like they're going to win the whole thing? No, I don't. I really don't. I, I think it would be a colossal mistake if the Cleveland Indians did represent the American League. Because I just don't think they're as good as the Astros or the Red Sox or even the Yankees. I mean, the Astros, look, they're 62-34. and 34. They got good hitting. They got spectacular pitching. But there is one big problem, and that's their bullpen. Their bullpen is a big problem right now. And I love it how A.J. Hench pretty much said, look, this is my show. I run the show here. Because reliever Ken Giles, who has been having big problems this year, I mean big problems, he pretty much told him to, well, bleep you as he was going off the mound. And he sent him down to AAA. And they might even send him down to AA. And I don't think we have seen, and here's the funny thing, I don't think we have seen the best from the Astros yet. And I take that from a quote from Carlos Correa about a couple of months ago, when he told the journalist that you, we haven't even hit our, played our best ball yet. I don't think the Astros have played their best ball yet. I think they're going to make a move in, free, in the trade deadline that's going to shock some people. So yeah, while everybody is on the Manny Machado sweepstakes, look at the Astros. And they're going to do it very quietly, just like they did when they snuck into the World Series against the Dodgers. It took them to seven games. Because the team to beat in Major League Baseball is still the Houston Astros. And it's always going to be the Astros. I don't care how many games the Red Sox win. I don't care if they finish the season with 112 wins. The Houston Astros are still the team to beat. You know, it's just that good old saying, you know, can't be beat, can't be beat. And you throw that cigar in your mouth and you just puff away very slowly. And then you, and then you blow out a few circles of smoke across it because they can't be beat right now until further notice. And I have seen this movie before with the Red Sox. Now look, Alex Cora has done a terrific job with this team. Dave Dabrowski has pretty much mortgaged the future of the Red Sox by paying all this big time money. But they did some very intelligent things like getting rid of Hanley Ramirez. That was a bullseye. They have not had Dustin Pedroia. I mean, imagine when Dustin Pedroia comes back, how tough the Red Sox will be. So the Yankees, they have to make a move. And also the Mariners have to make a move. Because these are the three teams in the AL to beat right now. And that is the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, and the Houston Astros. Meanwhile, in the National League, <laughs> it's for it's any team for himself. These records are ridiculously low. The Phillies are 52 and 40. The Brewers are 55 and 39. 
And the Dodgers are 51 and 42 and leading the National League West. Are you kidding me on this? So when we're getting down to it now, after the All-Star break, the National League is about to become the most watched league because we don't know. It could be the Cubs. It could be the Braves. It could be the Diamondbacks coming in and shocking the Dodgers. Or it could be the Red Hot Rockies who have started to play pretty well now. Yeah, they're 48 and 45, but they're back on track. They were at 44. They were at 40, uh, what was it? Uh, 43 and 44 about a week ago. And now they've just come roaring back and making now 48 and 45. They're playing really good ball. So they're not out of this yet. And they got amazing hitting. So anybody out there saying right now, oh, well, I don't want to talk about regular season baseball. Are you kidding me? Because after this home run derby, after this midseason classic, we get the best baseball yet. Because now, from the end of July to the, to the end of October, we are about to have some spectacular baseball. So the next time you say, oh, right, we got to talk about LeBron today, no, we don't, uh, no. The LeBron story is old until something happens. Now it is time to get into baseball. And of course, here on Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world, this is where we abolish hot takes. So you can tweet me at, at Jake Turner Sport. You can find me on iTunes. You can find me on Google Play. Uh, Stitcher. Uh, we just got picked up for iHeartRadio, so we're really excited about that. And it's just going to get better here. And then, of course, Brock Baker uh, joined me this week. Uh, we taped the interview back on Monday, so you don't want to miss it. The guy is busy. He was actually down here in Orlando. Uh, he was getting ready for some matches coming up in the future. Uh, he was That's pretty much all he was doing, and I got a couple of hours with him, and I got lucky. But he also has some big news to announce during this interview that you don't want to miss. So this is an interview you don't want to miss. Mark my words. Especially when he is a big-time Cowboys fan, and you won't believe what he said about the Lakers that really got to me the most. So that's coming up as well. Now, speaking about you know going into this part of the season, the NFL is about to close out another chapter of their offseason because training camp starts in a few weeks. And oh boy, you thought the hot takes were bad now? Oh, wait till you see what's going to happen next. But it's already gotten out of control. There's been some crazy takes. Uh, there has been one that really got to me the most, which was the Minnesota Vikings will finish 500. Okay. The Packers and the Jaguars will be in the Super Bowl. That's from Tony Romo. Kyle Cowherd said that about the Minnesota Vikings, that they were going to finish 500. Kind of amazing because he actually said that the team was the second best team in the NFC going into the 2018 season. And then Packer fans, you know, jumped on me saying, oh, but he did that before free agency, before the draft. So? You trying to tell me the Vikings after one bad draft? Or what if they had a good draft? We don't know. And free agency, they made some good moves. They brought in Sheldon Richardson. And they took the free agency that worked for them last year. Riley Reef uh, is about to become one of the best blindside blockers in the NFL. Mark my words. Watch. I watched him. He looked great. He was playing out of his mind off that left side. So come on now. But this, this, even as a Packers fan who is about to start up a podcast called Pack-A-Day with over 20 Packer writers. And I got Mark Eckel, 
who is a veteran NFL writer for 30 years. He's going to be my co-host. I can't believe this hurt. This was heard. Can the Packers go 16-0? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out here. The Packers could go 16-0? How? What are you talking about here? I'm sorry. Did, did I just fall into the twilight zone again? Did Rod Serling just, like, push me into a doorway to nowhere? I mean, are you kidding me with this? Not only that, but then James Jones went full-on Packer alumni and said that the Packers were going to go 15-1. and I'm like, what? How? So I decided to go on the other side. I went to Michael Rand of the Star Tribune, and I read his article. That is a Viking. And I'm talking about right now. That's Minnesota Vikings talk right there. And they made that one of their top stories in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. And I read it. And he laughed at it. And he had a bunch of questions that he was asking. Like he was asking, are the Packers a better team without Aaron Rodgers? Well, the answer, of course, is no. Are they even a better team with Aaron Rodgers? The answer was no. That's what he was asking. So I decided to go on that side and just go, whoa, pump the brakes here. Pump the brakes. Because there is no way on earth that I am going to hot take the Packers going 15-1, and one, even alone in that Super Bowl. Because here's the problem right now with that take. You forget about the problems that the Packers are having right now. Ted Thompson is gone. So they brought Brian Gutekust, who was the new general manager. Now, he made some good moves. He brought in Jimmy Graham. But is he going to be able to stay healthy? That's a question. Mercedes Lewis, one of the best run blockers in the NFL. That's by Pro Football Focus. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Byron Bell. Is Byron Bell going to be able to do enough to help out the likes of Cole Madison, along with David Battiari and Brian Balaga? Is Brian Balaga going to stay healthy? How about the running game? Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams was okay last year, but Aaron Jones is out for two games because he couldn't stay out the weed. But that's the thing. And I'm not going to sit here and say that the Green Bay Packers are going to go 15-1. I mean, the roster doesn't even make me look like and go, yeah, that's a 15-1 team, Jake. No way. Absolutely not. They don't have Jordy Nelson anymore. Now look at the, the offensive line here. We got Batiari, Lane Taylor, who had a very good year. Corey Lindsey, very good player. Justin McCray is going to be right guard. Hmm. Interesting. Brian Balaga. Now, I will say that the depth is a lot stronger. You know, Jason Spriggs, Lucas Patrick, Kyle Murphy, Byron Bell, Cole Madison. That's stud out of Washington State. I'm excited to see him. But there's also a lot of questions on defense because that's their biggest Achilles heel. The Packers were 26th in scoring defense last year. They were 31st in pass defense last year. Now, they bring in Mike Pettin, who is a Rex Ryan disciple. But am I going to sit here and go, well, that's it. The Packers are going to the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. Because they're still very young. Now they go get Muhammad Wilkerson. Okay, good move. Kenny Clark, yes, he was getting better. I think he's going to have a breakout year. Mike Daniels, of course. Mike Daniels loves Mike Patton right now. He has been gushing about his old school style on every single radio show or Rich Eisen or Dan Patrick that Mike Daniels was on. I think he was on Dan Patrick. I got to look back at that. And, of course, Clay Matthews. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? See, here's the problem with that kind of stuff. 
James Jones did not do his digging. He did not go into this and realize, oh man, this is a very young team still. Yeah, it is. And also, it doesn't give confidence enough when Mike McCarthy gets only a one-year extension, which means we might, the Packers might have a new coach next, uh, next year. So think about that as well. And you can't really look at me and go, all right, Packers are going to be a top 10 defense. I think they do have the potential to be a top 10 defense, but that's it. I mean, I got to see how Josh Jones does a strong safety now that Margaret Burnett is in Pittsburgh. Uh, Tremont Williams, does he have anything left in the tank? Kevin King, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Jair Alexander, is he going to be that guy? Is Josh Jackson going to be that ball hawking player he was with Iowa who had eight interceptions and led the country? That's a question. See, there's a lot of questions right now at the Green Bay Packers. And that's why I tell a lot of people, don't say that the Packers are a Super Bowl contender because they're not right now. I need proof. I just gave you all the proof. I just gave you all the proof to prove that the Packers are not going to go 15-1, let alone 16-0. Wow, Bush League. Also, I'll throw in one more thing here. Are you ready for this? I'll go down the schedule. The Chicago Bears, okay, I see that as a win. Vikings at Green Bay, I see that as a win. Washington, okay. Buffalo, okay, at Green Bay. At Detroit, I don't think Detroit's that scary. San Francisco, we don't know what we're going to see with the Niners. But then I look back at the bye week. So the Packers could possibly go 6-1, 7-0 right now. Now, this is the one and only time I'm doing this. This is a pre 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 prediction even before training camp starts but i'm just trying to prove to you right now that the packers are not going to go 15 and 1 or 16 and 0 as everybody thinks they are because they got at the rams after the bye week and that means you have to go across two time zones you got to deal with jet lag you got to deal with a top-notch defense with wade phillips oh right and then you gotta, then not only that, you gotta fly all the way to the East Coast and you gotta go play Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You think that game is gonna be easy? It's not going to be. Especially at Foxborough. <laughs> that could be two losses right there, which would make them six and two. Dolphins, yeah, they've seen them winning that. I see them winning Seattle. Vikings, I think they'll lose that one. Packers have had a lot of problems uh, trying to win in Minnesota. Uh, Arizona, I think they can win that one. Falcons, yes. At Chicago, uh, how good would the Bears be at that point? Are they going to be a 7-9, 8-18? At the Jets, that's a win. And then, of course, the Lions, that's a win right there. So right there, you could look at this team and go about 11-5, 12-4. At best. At best. But if you think I'm going to sit here on turning points, turning point in the sports world, and say that the that they are going to go undefeated, boy, you don't know me very well then. Because that's, there's no way on earth that's going to happen. No way on earth. Mm-mm. Nope. So a lot of credit there to Michael Rand of the Star Tribune. A great article. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I mean, and then also to the ASC, the Jaguars. Look, the Jaguars had an amazing defense last year. But there's one team out there that had the best defense in the NFL, and that was Minnesota Vikings. Oh, right. You mean the Packers' rival, arch rival, right? Yes, of course I mean that. And yeah, they lost badly to the Eagles. 
And we also forget about that team, Philadelphia. Because I think the best team in football is still the Philadelphia Eagles until further notice. See, that's it's just the same thing with baseball. You can't honestly say right now and hot take your life away and say, oh yeah, the the Boston Red Sox, they're, they're World Series. They're, they're going to represent. Really? So you forget about that defending champion Houston Astros. And it's the same thing. Yeah, the Packers. What if the Packers have to go play Philadelphia? Aha! See, what happens when you do hot takes, you become what ifs. And you go over the line. And it gets really, really mucky, pretty much. You're pretty much trapped in this swamp of hot takes and what ifs. And you have no way of escape. You're pretty much on a boat in the middle of nowhere. And you see this guy pretty much without his two front teeth asking you, are you lost? <laughs> if I was lost, I would pretty much say, here's my will. Nice knowing you. Man alive. I, it's just amazing. Yeah, just sit there and you, you wonder yourself. I mean, how? What, where did you come up with the Vikings going 500? What? What? And he's like, I don't see any by it. And I love it how a lot of people out there in in the business that, you know, say like, hey, bring on all the hate mail. And then you talk about it. And then you talk about the hate mail. Well, okay. Here's a funny thing. Not everybody's Jim Rome. See, I listen to Jim Rome like crazy. Jim Rome's Daily Jungle. I listen to it. Okay. And the one thing about him is, is that guy never backs down and he always backs it up. Always. But he never overdoes it. It may sound like he does, but it never feels like it. Now you got these out here going, ah, bring on the hate mail. Bring on the tweets. Okay, if the hate mail is not a problem for you, if the tweets are not a problem for you, then why do you talk about it? I'm sorry, are you trying to get sympathy out there? Is that what you're trying to do? You're not going to get it. Please. Because sometimes your audience, there are going to be a couple of bad eggs out there, and they are going to try and rip you on Twitter, behind a computer, or a phone. Just something to think about. Just a little food for thought next time. So the next time that you try to say, okay, Jake, give me this take. Be like, well, how hot is it? First off, I mean, is it in my hand? And is my hands on fire right now? Am I going to need a fire extinguisher to come in here and put it out? Just think about that next time. Unbelievable. Can't stand that. It really just gets on my nerves. These hot takes galore. Please. All right, this is Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. I'm Jake Turner, where we abolish hot takes pretty much. Uh, you can tweet me at, at Jake Turner Sport, or you can find me on Stitcher, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. Uh, we're getting, we're building up a nice following here, and I'm looking forward to see what uh, will happen with uh, this big-time news that will be coming up during uh, the Baker interview. And it was a great interview. I was actually very happy about it. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that all goes down. All right, it's time for my favorite segment, and that is, of course, the final word. Tonight's editorial is about the NFL domestic violence policy. And everybody's looking at that going, all right, this is the best thing ever, right? Wrong. Because it was simple. You know, six games, you're suspended. And it doesn't matter how many times you appeal, it's six games. Okay, 
Well, I did a little digging to see how good this domestic violence policy has truly been. So let's go down the line here, shall we? All right, we got Greg Hardy. He played a couple of games. In fact, Demon uh, tried to say a couple of nice things about Giselle. That was kind of scary. Chris Cook uh, played a couple of games after he was suspended. Jameis Winston, who was uh, pretty much found uh, to be in trouble for groping an Uber driver. Uh, Ruben Foster, who was cleared of all charges. Now, that's an interesting one. We'll get to that one in a second. Josh Brown, one game. He played. And then they finally cut him. So it's like, okay. Jonathan Dwyer, he's gone. Trevon Boykin, gone. Ray McDonald, gone. Alvin Smith, gone. Okay, so the latest now has come out. All right, so it's been kind of pretty subpar. Because I kind of feel like the domestic violence policy is pretty much like a, it's like window draping for the NFL. It's like we care about women, but we let these things happen. And then we don't really do much. See, that's a problem there. So the latest came out here about LaShawn McCoy. Now, first off, this is one thing I'm just going to flat out come out and say. I talked about Reuben Foster here for a moment. And look, I'm guilty. You know why? Because I blatantly ripped on the 49ers. I said that Reuben Foster should never play another down of football ever again. I put it up on social media and I got barbecued. You know why I got barbecued? Because I simply... Simply, did not want Ruben Foster on a football team because of what he did to his girlfriend. Ha ha. But see, I didn't have all the evidence. And I got burned for it. So now LaShawn McCoy, this happens. Bill's running back, LaShawn McCoy, has his own foundation. He is uh, pretty much, he's like Mr. Buffalo right now. They love him in Buffalo. They really do. He was accused of orchestrating... A burglary of some jewelry, some specific jewelry, and his ex-girlfriend was absolutely abused, pistol-whipped, I believe was the word I found on Pro Football Talk. I saw the picture, and how did I react? I reacted like a lot of people in this business should react, and that is, don't know all the facts. The picture is horrible to see. But how do we know that LaShawn McCoy actually truly did this? We don't. Just because one of the, because his ex-girlfriend told him that LaShawn McCoy orchestrated this burglary on me. Now there is some evidence against McCoy proving that wrong. However, that's the problem. See, everybody wants to put out an opinion now. But do you have the proof? See, I already told you flat out here. On turning points, the turning point of the sports world. I pretty much put my own turning point on here and said blatantly, I was wrong about Ruben Foster. And I got rightfully barbecued for it. And I was fine with it. Because lesson learned. And so I put up on social media that I refused to bring up an opinion about it. So all we know right now is one side story. Now LaShawn McCoy came out and rejected it. He said, no, this isn't true. These are false. So we don't know who is telling the truth and who is lying. We thought we knew with Ruben Foster. But you know what? The only suspension he got was a two-game suspension for a weapons charge. And doesn't that make you think right there? 
See, the problem is, is that in this business and people trying to get into this business is they're sitting there right now thinking to themselves, how can I be first? Well, Colin Cowherd said it best. I'd rather be right than be first. And that is how I'm going to adopt this. I'm not going to go on and rant and rave and call LaShawn McCoy a bad person. Now, look, there is evidence, like I said. But we don't know the whole story. But everybody on social media wants an opinion. I talked to a good friend of mine who's a diehard Eagles fan. I mean, diehard. And he was talking about it, and he was like, Jake, I don't agree with you. I said, okay, that's fine. But it goes back to that domestic violence policy. How many truly big-time cases have the NFL won on this domestic violence policy? How many? Not many at all. I mean, they're pretty much little to known players. I mean, come on. You ever heard of Jonathan Dwyer outside of him playing for Michigan State? Trevon Boykin, since he was out of TCU. And I saw the pictures, and there was evidence against him, and he's gone. He hasn't gotten a job since. Ray McDonald, there was evidence against him. There was video evidence, a.k.a. Ray Rice. And Alden Smith, he has been arrested so many times. It was only a matter of time before he was going to get busted. So that's it. But Greg Hardy, Chris Cook, Jameis Winston, Reuben Foster, and Josh Brown have all played. Get rid of Reuben Foster, though, because he's cleared of all charges. So he doesn't really count. So how truly good is this policy, you ask? Not very good at all. Not very good at all. And it's sad to say that. Because I just don't know if my favorite league, professionally, really does give a damn about women. Do they? Do they really honestly give a damn about women? But also at the same time, is the case against the, the accused strong enough? LaShawn McCoy already lawyered up, which means now both sides have lawyered up, which means now the media is stuck in the middle. But they choose to stay in the middle. That's a problem. And that's, fun, and that's funny to me because, you know, better stories are out there. I mean, come on. My top story today was the Bay Bridge rivalry between the Athletics and the Giants. You don't see me going on here and hot taking about LaShawn McCoy. I will say this, though. If LaShawn McCoy truly did do this and orchestrated this, he won't have the NFL to deal with the most. He'll be dealing with a judge and handcuffs and prison time. That's the biggest problem for LaShawn McCoy, if he is found to have orchestrated this. But see, that's a what if. So if LaShawn McCoy is truly guilty of this, then yes, the NFL should ban him for life. Because it's just, I mean, it has a little taste of Ray Carruth to it. But, remember this. Ray Carruth, there was evidence, there was proof, there was everything. And they put him away for life. The thing, and I love it how somebody decided to go and talk about that. The Ray Carruth and the Sean McCoy thing are two different things. Are there similarities? Yes. But in the end... One case has already been closed. One case has just opened. And so should our minds. 
So the next time you hear about LaShawn McCoy, it better be him on the football field playing for the Buffalo Bills until evidence proves otherwise. All right, that's the final word. And I appreciate that uh, right here on Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. I'm Jake Turner. We're going to take time out here. When we return, we're going to have the interview you've been waiting for from the Hooligan Hour on iTunes. He was able to take time out of his busy schedule here in Orlando. Brock Baker coming up next, and he also has some big news concerning Turning Points. I'm Jake Turner, and this is Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. Because it is so predictable. It's predictable. Hi, this is Jake Turner for Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. You can find me on Twitter at, at @JakeTurnerSport, or you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Now let's get back to the turning point of the sports world. But you know what? I was able to bring on my good friend. I'm actually going to be doing a debut on his new podcast. Had over 10,000 down, downloads already. It's the Hooligan Hour. If you haven't found it, subscribe it on iTunes. He's Brock Baker in town here in Orlando. And Brock, how you doing? I'm doing excellent, buddy. How are you? It's I'm good to see great. you, man. It's good it's to see you, too. too long. It's been too many years, man. We keep up with each other regularly, you know, pretty much every week. But it's good to see you in person, in the flesh. I'm enjoying it, man. Yeah, we've lost track how many times we tried to get together here. You know, three or four at least. Yeah, me and Brock were uh, we served together in the military together, Air Force, uh, yep. Security Forces. Remember yep. whiskey too, huh? Yeah, I was actually <laughs> your boss, kind of in a way. So. <laughs> I was yeah. learning. I was yeah. learning. Yeah, and that was kind of funny being a 25-year-old rookie. Yeah, uh, working my way into it. So yeah. yeah, but I'm not a rookie in this. No. So. But let's uh, so let's jump into this, Baker. You know, you're a big LeBron James apologist. You always apologist. Wow, is that an insult? <laughs> no, that's actually no. That's actually a compliment because okay. you actually own up to it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I actually like about you. So okay. you actually own up to this. But now we're hearing about Damian Lillard now. So does mm-hmm. LeBron really want Kawhi Leonard, or does he want Damian Lillard, or is it just the Lakers saying this? I think if he had his preference, Damian Lillard all day. Uh, Obviously, Kawhi Lillard is the Leonard, excuse me. Kawhi Leonard is the better player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's the best defensive player in the league when he's healthy, right? Yeah. He's the best two-way player in the league. So, I mean, yes, on paper, would you want Damian Lillard or would you want Kawhi Leonard? You'd obviously want Kawhi Leonard. Right. However, with Kawhi, you bring a lot of the drama, the the antics and, and you know stuff that LeBron James at 33 going on 34 years old does not need does not want okay Agreed. he's in the twilight of his year he's got four or five years left and that's a wrap that's it you're not going to see LeBron, LeBron James i mean doesn't it feel i mean doesn't it feel like you know Spurs personnel was in New York last week. They tried to talk to Kawhi Leonard. Leonard yeah. fleed. Yeah. yeah. And I mean and, and if you're and if you're LeBron James or the Lakers and you're looking at this going why would I want that guy on my team? Exactly. He's so. I mean, like I said, on paper, I would want him. Yes, absolutely. but in the real world, in reality, I can't deal with this guy. He's childish. He's a kid. Okay, I can't deal with someone that one does not like to talk. He doesn't like to express his feelings, and B, like I can't, I can't deal with someone that uh, is is 
in arguably the, the, the best organization in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even all of basketball, the San Antonio Spurs. They're, they're, they are the New England Patriots of the NBA. Absolutely. And you're the star player of their franchise. Who's won, they've won multiple championships over the last 20 years, and you're going to act like a little kid because someone might have challenged your ego? Like, I can't deal with that guy. I would much rather have Damian Lillard, who is an excellent player. Clean still, cut. He's in his prime. He's clean cut. He's uh, he's involved in the community, community, which is something that LeBron James likes. He's yep. something that he looks out for. If I got to pick one or the other, I'm picking Damian Lillard. Absolutely, because you talk about it like he's given so much money back to Portland. They absolutely love him there. And, yeah, that's your face of your franchise. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you're going to make this move, you got to rebuild in the right direction, especially when you've tried the last couple of years, you haven't been able to get out of the first round. So this is a golden opportunity for him to build up his brand and take it somewhere else. And why not? Because then you can have the successor yeah. to LeBron James when he calls it a career. Yeah. So Damian Lillard in Portland, Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. it's it's a wrap. It's not working, okay? Right. They've they've right. had their run. They're not winning anything anytime mm-hmm. soon. They know that. Mm-hmm. So why would you keep your star player around just to sell a few more jerseys when you can you can trade them off, trade them to a team that can legitimately compete with the Warriors, and you get all of these extra assets to rebuild your organization. Uh, Lonzo Ball, yes, you you have to deal with the antics with LeVar Ball, his father, and everything. But if you can tell, if you can put down a trade where I get Lonzo Ball and mm-hmm. I get three picks, yeah, and possibly another player out of compensation for one player, yeah, I'm taking that deal. I'm taking that deal because you're not going to win anything with Damian Lillard. You're just not. Right. You have the Warriors. You have the Rockets. Now you have the Lakers with LeBron. Mm-hmm. You still have a, a franchise like the Spurs who are still going to compete. Mm-hmm. They're not ever. They're never going to not compete under Greg Popovich. You've got the Thunder with Russell Westbrook and Paul George returning. You're you're not winning anything anytime soon. And you got the Pelicans. The Pelicans are another team that nobody talks about. Yep. They're on the come Randall. up. They have arguably the third best player in the league, in my opinion, in Anthony Davis. I say second, but that's just me. Second, yeah, second or third, I can get, I can get down with that. He mm-hmm. he 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 could contend for the the best player in the world when LeBron's, uh, you know, had his heyday and he he hangs it up for good. But if you're Portland, you know you're not going to win anything anytime soon. So why would you keep Damian Lillard around? Okay, swallow your pride, get rid of your star, and go rebuild. And for the Lakers, it makes all the, the all the sense in the world. If I have to pick between Damian Lillard and Kawhi Leonard, I think I'm going to go with Damian Lillard, a guy that LeBron respects. He wants to play with. He wanted to play with him in Cleveland, right, this yes. last year. Yes. He, he, he wanted Damian Lillard. Uh, he wanted a trade to facilitate bringing Damian Lillard to the Cleveland Cavaliers, so why not L.A., mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially in a conference that Damian Lillard already knows and already plays in. Uh, that that would be that would be the way that I would go. He's Brock Baker, aka Cash Money Hooligan, semi-pro wrestler and U.S. Air Force uh, veteran, joining Simi me here bro. on Turning Point. Semi-pro. <laughs> Did you just cut my nuts out from underneath me? Simi Whoa! Bro? Yes. Hey, we're not gonna get too vulgar here, folks. But <laughs> don't you ever, ever sell me short, man. I'm a professional wrestler, independent pro wrestler. Nonetheless, yes, I'm not in the WWE yet. 
You but will be, though. I am a pro wrestler. Be. I do get paid to wrestle all around the country. But, yeah, I'm just giving you a hard time, man. No, absolutely. No, that's fine. We actually had Stephen Mohausen on uh, last week. He believes that the WWE is in a great uh, situation here right now. So with Vince yeah. McMahon now, he's forking over $500 million into the XFL. Yeah. It's, it's a billion-dollar enterprise with yeah. the WWE. I mean, how happy are you to be in this business and understanding that wrestling just continues to build year by year? Well, it's in a boom period, okay? Uh, okay. Independent wrestling has never been bigger than it is right now. Independent wrestling, for those for, for you listeners that, that don't know or are not educated on the professional wrestling world, mm-hmm. independent wrestling is basically any and every uh, wrestler or company that's not WWE. You're mm-hmm. like you're not signed to a contract, right? Mm-hmm. So the WWE obviously they're like the NFL, they're the NBA of wrestling, right? Right. So you're signed to a contract with them and you're obviously on a global stage with independent wrestling you're an independent contractor so you are free to work anywhere and everywhere in the entire world Mm -hmm. you get you can get paid a lot of money there's a lot of independent wrestlers that make six figures doing this and they're not signed by the WWE it's not as common but it can be done Uh, so independent wrestling has never been bigger it's in a boom period there's a hunger for it there's a thirst for it there's an energy about it Um, I think there's like a five-year window Mm -hmm. right so five years from now, it'll probably die down. Uh, a lot of the energy about independent pro wrestling right now, it comes from the fact that it's new. It feels fresh again, you know? It's an alternative to the WWE. The WWE product really has been the only major like wrestling market over the last 20 years, ever since WWE purchased the WCW. So they've never, they haven't really had a lot of competition over the last 20 years. But now you're seeing a lot more of these small companies. Uh, they've they've understood, hey, we're not going to ever compete with WWE. We don't have to be WWE. Let's provide fans an alternative to their product. And so wrestling as a whole, WWE included, is in a boom period. It's very electric right now. There's there's a there's a, a real energy about it. And uh, I think, like I said, five year window. It'll probably die down a little bit, but man, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to be in this world of professional wrestling because I'm making money that I probably haven't necessarily earned or deserve at this level. I've only been in the game for a little over two years, but that's, that's you, you know, that's just, uh, you are what the market says you that's are, right? That's true, yes. So, um... It's, it's a lot easier for guys with talent to go out and make some money but not necessarily be in the WWE. So I'm, I'm having a great time doing it, man. I'm just learning. I'm trying to improve and get better, and I'm really digging it. What's been your favorite fight so far in your career? Ah, man. To be honest with you, a recent one I had with one of my, one of my good friends. His name's Will Alday, mm-hmm. and that is his legitimate last name it's, it's literally spelled all day he has a shirt right now that says all damn day uh, it'll be available soon for purchase i might have to pick myself one up shameless plug but, uh, shameless plug man but uh yeah that dude's super athletic he's got all the tools he was actually on wwe monday night raw about a month ago uh they they named him james hart and he did a little he did a little segment where he got beat up on tv and everything but super athletic guy he's got all the intangibles he's got the ability to be the next big you know star uh on that level and i got to work with him about a month ago 
and we had a pretty good match, man, in Dallas, Texas. We had a pretty good match. I was I was happy with it. There's a few things I wanted to change and like improve upon, but I'm a perfectionist, so you know. So you're right there in your home state, you know, doing yeah. this. Uh, what was going through your head? I mean, you're in Texas. This is where you were born and raised, and everything, and you're doing this fight in Dallas. And I'm a Cowboys fan. And so. you're a Cowboys <laughs> fan, which we'll get into here for a moment. Uh, signature move. Sign my my signature move. Well, my finisher is the pedigree. It's the pedigree. Uh, it's Triple H's finishing move. Right, right. And uh, you know, I just about six months ago, I was like, you know what? I love Triple H. Mm -hmm. I look up to him, for, not just in uh, the pro professional wrestling aspect, but I really admire the guy from a business standpoint. He's a super intelligent guy. And uh, I want to model myself after him long term. I'd like to do what he does behind the scenes when I'm done wrestling. And I was like, you know what? I need a move that I can do on anybody because I'm not a giant guy. You know, I'm 5'9", right, right. yep. uh, you know, 185. True, so true. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a giant guy, right? Uh, but I, I needed a move that I could do on literally anyone. And uh, so I chose the pedigree. And I didn't want to rename it, rebrand it, because I felt like that would be disrespectful. The exactly. Triple H, so I do the pedigree, I call it the pedigree, and I give him the credit for, you know, not necessarily giving me the pedigree, but, you know, uh, you know, paving the way for me to, to do that move. So I do the pedigree, I do the bicycle knee, I do, uh, it's, a, it's called an X-plex. An X-plex. So I pick a guy up, right, mm -hmm. like I'm going for a suplex, and I release them in the air. I just let them free fall, and they fall wherever they may. Can't lie. Yeah, man. What would be your dream signature move? Now, outside the pedigree, now we're talking like 1970s, 1980s, wrestling is even included here. What would be the dream signature move for Cash Money Hooligan? Hmm. Well, I've always wanted to be able to just do the Stone Cold, Stone Cold Stunner. Nice. But the problem with that is it's such an iconic move. You can't really take it. The pedigree is, is iconic, but it's... It's not the stunner, right? Right. And it never will be the stunner. I can kind of get away with doing the pedigree. Man, those the are the stunner. Games. The stunner. I can't really do the stunner because you know I am bald and I love beer <laughs> and I love Stone Cold Steve Austin and so I don't want to rip the guy off, right? But yeah, if theoretically, if I could do it and get away with it, I would probably do the stunner. That would be my that would be my finishing move, my signature. Let's talk about finishing moves here for a second. You're a diehard Cowboys fan. You always have been. The mm -hmm. finishing touches was Des Bryant getting cut, Jason Witten calling it a career. But which one of those two is going to be the most impact on the 2018 Cowboys? Jason Witten. It's not even close. Des Bryant, I mean, has Des Bryant even played for the Cowboys in the last three seasons? Because I haven't seen him, or no, at least not either. very much of him. I've seen a little bit. I've seen him throw up the X maybe twice, but man, uh, at best, the, yeah, at best. The thing is, is the Cowboys want to cater to Dak Prescott's strengths, and Des yep. Bryant just does he, like his style just does not fit Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. I think Des could actually uh, get back on track with a quarterback that fits more of like that Tony Romo mold, mm -hmm. the traditional quarterback. I feel like uh, someone that plays to his strengths might help him rejuvenate his career. But as far as being a Dallas Cowboy, it was time to cut bait, man. You've been with this guy for almost a decade. You've dealt with all the drama, all the extra BS. The guy's not worth $12 million, right? 
Not even that. And he told us back in February, you know, January, February, hey, I'm not taking a pay cut. So he let the Cowboys know right then and there, like, hey, yep. you know, if y'all want to go to the table, cool, but guess what? I'm not going to take a pay cut, so it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Do I feel a little bit bad for the guy if they waited so long? Yes, I do, but that's just that's the, that's the art of business, man. It works like that sometimes. They probably were distraught. Uh, having to let him go because Jerry Jones does love Des Bryant. He he respects that dude so much and wanted to take care of him. I think it ultimately just came down to the fact that like, look, we've got to go out. We've got to get a young receiver, maybe like a new a new Des Bryant, someone to build around, but someone that caters more to Dak Prescott's strengths because Des Bryant is just not cutting it. Um, but with that said, bringing it back to Jason Witten, Jason Witten was Dak Prescott's safety net, right? Oh, no doubt. So the guy can barely move. He can barely run up and down the field, but he can still catch. He's still reliable as far as, you know, catching passes. And the guy can still block his butt off, right? Um, But like I said, he's 15 years into the league. He can barely move. It's time to move on, man. It's time to cut bait, go young. But that is going to be a major hole, man. The tight end position is the position that I'm going to be watching for the most as a Dallas Cowboys fan. If I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm not worried about Des Bryant. I'm not worried about the receivers. They'll figure that out. You need to be worried about the tight end position, man, because Jason Witten was such a big part of that offensive line and them moving the defense. He, he, he contributed to that line, you know, as a tight end. I'm not so sure that there's anyone on the roster that can fill that void, you know. So that's what I'm going to be looking at as a Dallas Cowboys fan. He's Brock Baker, a.k.a. Cash Money Hooligan Pro Wrestler for and host of his own podcast, The Hooligan Hour, joining us here what, on Turning what, what, Points. What? I, I just remembered something. You're, you're going to be on The Hooligan Hour, yes, right? I am. July 30th. Yes, I am. Going forward, folks, July 30th, Jake <laughs> Turner, your very own Jake Turner, will be the newest member and newest edition of the Hooligan Hour wow. podcast. You can find out on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Pippa, Google Play, Music. You can find it anywhere and everywhere that podcasts are available. Your very own Jake Turner will be a contributor on the Hooligan Hour podcast, so you need to stay tuned for that. How Are you excited to be on the Hooligan I'm Hour? I'm excited. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. No, um, don't yes. thank me. I'm going to thank you because you're going to be a great <laughs> Excellent addition to the Hooligan Hour podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to my listeners getting that insight into the sports world. They're going to get their sports news. They're going to know anything and everything that's going on in the sports world. And there's no better person to do it than Jake Turner. So I'm really happy to have you along, man. Well, thank you uh, very much for that. I I appreciate it. And uh, I understand you got to get going here. You're in town pretty much training with a bunch of other guys right now. So you and some wrestling training before you go. Just uh, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. You can find me at CM Hooligan across (laughs) Instagram and Twitter. That is CMH zero zero L I G A N those. uh, So the hooligan is spelt with zeros instead of O's. Yes, it's confusing. But I did not have that option available to me. So CM Hooligan, CMH zero zero L I G A N. Now when we're about to now when we're about to say goodbye here, I want I want you to do for my audience what would be 
the way that Cash Money Hooligan will say goodbye to an audience here. So, you're Brock Baker, a.k.a. Cash Money Hooligan. Join us here at Turning Points, host of the Hooligan Hour. I'll be on the